1: The preseason is over. The Orlando Magic now turn their attention to the regular season beginning next Wednesday. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about my takeaways from four games that may mean nothing, may mean something, or may mean everything. In the words of David Steele, is this anything? We're about to find out. You are Locked on Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 15th, 2021. My name is Phil Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, you can of course, follow me on Twitter. At Philip R underscore OMD. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we will talk my five, or talk, not maybe all five. You can find all five on Orlando Magic Daily. We will talk my big takeaways from the Orlando Magic's preseason, what we've learned about this new team, this new culture, and what we can look forward to this season. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic your first listen of the day every day or just part of your regular podcast rotation. We are free and available on all platforms, and of course, streaming on YouTube as well. Subscribe to our YouTube page there as well. You can also check out the other great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at Lockdown Spurs to get yourself ready for Wednesday's season opener in San Antonio. No, San Antonio, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Um, day. You've probably heard me say this and, and probably heard me talk about this um, the preseason is, is a tricky thing. Um, you know, the preseason is... You don't know how much of it to, to believe, how much of it to really buy into, how much of it really matters. Um, teams are doing different things, trying to accomplish accomplish different things. Um, wins aren't the most important thing in the world. I mean, we walked out of that first preseason game against Celtics feeling really good, even though the Magic ended up losing that game. Um, the Magic played really well in that final preseason game against Celtics, um, but still needed a last second shot to win. Maybe that says something about what we're going to see from this Orlando Magic team. Um, But the preseason is, again, I say, I've said this throughout the whole week. The goal is to be better at the end of the preseason than you were at the beginning. And I think very, very clearly the Magic are a better team. They did progress through the course of the preseason. They did get better as this preseason went on. And so that's, that's all a very, very good thing. But it it's just a hint. Um, really, the preseason is is needs context, but it's a hint of what this team's going to be. And, and so obviously, the first place we need to start with who the Magic are trying to be is on the defensive end. They talked all preseason about bell plays, about hustle plays, about winning plays, about all these things. But everything that this team tried to do started with defense. It started with their ability to get into the ball, their ability to put ball pressure on, their ability to to just make people uncomfortable, use their length uh, to get into passing lanes, to, to just mix things up. This Magic team wants to hang its hat on its defense, and that is just abundantly clear. And the defense is well ahead of the offense. Some numbers back this up. And again, they're preseason numbers, so take them all with a grain of salt. The the preseason has been very defense heavy. Offenses come along once the regular season begins. I think a lot of teams focus their attention in preseason on tightening defense and then spend maybe this week installing more offense uh, and getting into the right mindset offensively. Plus, you know you're playing your better players heavier minutes than you are in the preseason, so offenses tend to take a dive in the preseason. Teams are experimenting a little bit more, um, so expect these defensive numbers to, to to jump up a little bit, but still. Some encouraging things. The Magic posted a 102.5 defensive rating during their four preseason games, and honestly, like for most of the preseason, I think the New Orleans game was really the exception. Um, this New Orleans-San Antonio game was the major exception, but New Orleans they were like 104. Um, the Magic hovered around 102 for most of their preseason games. Um, that's currently 13th in the league. Um, so again, offensive struggle. It's I, I don't expect them to be that good. But a 102.5 defensive rating is still very, very good. They were The Magic had a 113.9 defensive rating last year and a 108.3 defensive rating in last year's preseason. Again, expect that to, to jump up a little bit. So in that sense, the Magic's pressure defense, um, the Magic's new defensive mentality, had some success. The numbers say this worked. Now, obviously, I'm not able to kind of cut out um the... I'm not able to cut out uh, garbage time or when certain players aren't aren't out there. Um, you know, I could do that a little bit uh, with on-off-court numbers, but it, it, it this all needs context, of course. Um, you know, it's preseason. Defensive numbers look really, really good. But if the Magic are able to keep their defensive rating around 105, even 106, um, that's going to put them near the top half of the league. That's going to keep them in a lot of games. So, my takeaway from this is, yes, there's going to be some defensive struggles. There's going to be maybe a little bit of defensive inconsistency. Um, but especially when Jonathan Isaac comes back, and especially when Chumokiki Kiki comes back, this team has something defensively. Um, they have the base of a strong defense. They have the base of a defense that you know can do some damage. Now, uh, there are warning signs. I, I want to make sure we point out all these warning signs. The biggest one... Is the Magic only grab 69.1% of their defensive rebounds? That is really bad. The good teams are around 75, are, are above 75 usually. The Magic under Steve Clifford, I think we're 76, 77, somewhere in there. Um, a a sub 70 defensive rebound rate is atrociously bad. And if the Magic do not rebound better, it was a huge problem throughout the course of the, the preseason. If the Magic do not rebound better, it doesn't matter how good their base defense is. They're going to give up a lot of points. Um, that's how you give up open threes. And the Magic were really bad at defensively with rebounding and giving up open threes. Um, that, is, uh, uh, that is, and again, some of that's the pressure. Some of that is what the Magic are willing to gamble to give up. But rebounding is a, a key tenet, a key core thing of Steve Clifford's defense. They were really good at rebounding. They did not give up second chances. That's going to be something very, very different about this team. Um the Magic though are going to push the tempo. They're gonna or they're gonna they're gonna force things a little bit more defensively, though. And and, and it's 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 abundantly clear that there is something in what the Magic are trying to do defensively. Um I think that that is a, a really, really clear thing for the Orlando Magic, is they're 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 gonna be about their defense and they're gonna play really, really hard on the defensive end. Um that much is abu- that much is clear, and the numbers in the preseason suggest that there will be something to it that the magic can get something out of that. Defense, obviously a core tenant of the magic. We'll talk uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, some other core tenants of the magic, um especially especially some players that really stood out including Mobamba. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, quick word from Prize Picks. Have you heard about Prize Picks? Because it's the daily fantasy made easy and It's so much different than the other NBA daily fantasy games. PrizePix has the best NBA daily fantasy prop game on the market. PrizePix offers more NBA props than any other daily fantasy prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of you. That deposit and use your promo code that use the promo code NBA will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Essentially, what this game is what this game is is instead of creating a lineup, instead of trying to beat other players, they offer you a prop. Will Kevin Durant score 25 points? Will Cole Anthony hit three threes? And you bet over or under that prop. Um And, and 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 and, and you, you pick that prop. And if you win, you win. It's that simple. You pick the game works like this: you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. That is that is prize picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, and Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals. Check out prizepicks.com, use the promo code NBA. To take advantage of this fantastic 100% instant deposit match deal, go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy.
0: This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen of the day or just part of your regular podcast rotation. We appreciate everyone who joins us here on the show, whether it's daily, whether it's a couple times a week, no matter what it is. The NBA season obviously picking up. We're going to be diving deep into games here coming up very, very soon. So we appreciate all of you who join us for the podcast every single day or just a couple times a week. Remember, Locked On Magic is free and available on all platforms. Plus, you can find us now on YouTube as well. We'll be doing some YouTube-exclusive content once the season begins, so make sure you subscribe to Locked On Magic. Obviously, the the Magic as a team did some really good things defensively. Um, The offense we'll get to at the back end of the show, but the Magic did some really, really good things defensively. But there are a few players that really, really stood out, Um, and obviously one of them was Mo Bamba. Uh, Mo Bamba has been... You know, a, a player that's had his struggles uh, you know, we could, uh, you know, we could continue to tell the story here um, that Bamba was drafted as this wonderkin, you know, defensive center, but everyone knew he was raw, that he would need some time to, to improve. Um, he entered a team that had a, an all-star Nikola Vucevic, or had a budding all-star Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic becomes an all-star, Magic make the playoffs, they no longer have the patience or the time to develop such a raw young player. Bamba gets hurt anyway. He deals with the injury through the summer. Kind of struggles to find his way into the rotation his sophomore year. Right as he's getting better, COVID hits. Um, the season shuts down. He gets COVID, becomes something of a long hauler. It it was a mess. And by Bamba's third year, it's just he he hadn't made enough of an impact to make an impression on the coach. And you know, again, young players need time to develop, sure, but they also have to contribute to to winning on the floor. No one needed a reset more than Mo Bamba. He needed a healthy summer, which he appeared to have gotten, uh, and he needed a new coach and a new voice to kind of see see him in a different light. In the preseason, Mo Bamba, and we've talked about him so much on this show, Mo Bamba looked the part. Mo Bamba looked like a real player. Um, again, he's always been able to put up numbers. I, I know I've said that several times, but he's always been able to put up numbers when given the chance. But in the preseason, he averaged 11.5 points per game, seven rebounds per game, and 3.8 blocks per game. He shot 54.5% from the floor and 41.7% from three in 20.7 minutes per game, even playing significant minutes alongside Wendell Carter. Bamba was fantastic. If there's an MVP of the preseason, it was Mo Bamba. Um, And that was so exciting to see. And, you know, again... He's always been able to put up numbers when you give him the chance. He had a great preseason last, uh, two years ago as well. But what was different about this was the way that he played. You know, he was going for, he was getting blocks. He was, you know, doing all the things that we imagined he could do. Imagined he could be. Um, you know, that I, I keep thinking about that play with Romeo Langford on Wednesday when Romeo Langford tried to take him one-on-one off the dribble, and Bamba just t- snatched the ball off the, off the glass from him and then stared him down to boot. Bamba was great coming, uh, coming across the, the lane to, to block to block shots and, and to help. Um, you know, he just looked like he was playing much freer with more confidence, and, and that's just such a huge, huge thing. You know, Jamal Mosley seems to have really done a good job kind of reclaiming and reestablishing Mo Bamba. Um, so I, I don't think what we saw... From Obamba uh, is fake. Um, you know, is he going to be this good when the regular season begins? No. Is he going to still have some some struggles and some issues defensively? Sure. I don't think he's perf- he's perfectly ca- caught up on that end yet. But I think this defense fits his style a little bit more, and I think he knows that he has the confidence of the coaches, uh, and that that's a incredibly empowering. Um, it, it really feels like this is real for Obamba that this is a, a real step forward for him. Um, he played fantastic. But, you know, there were plenty of other players who played well too. And it should be noted, as well as Bamba played, Wendell Carter played just as well. Wendell Carter, team high 12.5 points per game, 8.8 rebounds per game, 71.4% effective field goal percentage, displayed a confidence shooting the ball both from inside and outside the arc. Did a lot of just really, really good things. Um, and again, his rebounding has been my biggest question mark for him. Uh, he re- rebounded pretty well, I-, I felt like. And so again, you know, maybe maybe my concerns about the Magic's rebounding are a bit overblown um because again, Magic were playing some odd lineups. I don't think the Magic will be a great defensive rebounding team this year, but but um is Carter's gonna have to have a really good rebounding year. Um Carter, Carter was really good. Uh, that's, I mean, frankly, that's an understatement. He was really, really good. Really anchored the defense well. Was able to just show his versatility. Um, you know, versatility that I think a lot of people have kind of given up on. Um, and really displayed more offensive sense than I think he's shown throughout the course of his career to this point. So Wendell Carter played played really, really well. The other players, obviously, that we were keeping an eye on were the rookies, Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. Both had their moments. Um, you know, let's I, I think, I think they both had good moments but both kind of looked like they were still getting their feet wet. that They hadn't quite found their footing in the NBA. And that's perfectly all right. They didn't have, you know, honestly, they didn't have to kind of have it all figured out at this point, but they both have some work to do. I think both Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner really took to the Magic's defensive system really, really well and really, really quickly. I think they both did some really, really good things on that end. But I think the game was still moving very, very fast for them, and the offense was certainly a struggle for both. In three games, Suggs averaged just five points per game and three assists per game um, and shot only 27.3% from the floor and 20% from deep. Not a good shooting showing from Suggs. But despite all that, we did see good moments. We saw him able to get to the basket on occasion. We saw him able to hit deep threes on occasion. It just felt like the game was still moving very, very fast for him. Um, you know, maybe he was trying to do too much. Maybe he was trying to fit in a little bit more, a little bit too much. Um, you know, the, the magic seemed to be confident that he will figure things out, that he will get things going. Um, but the preseason was not super encouraging in, in that, in that sense. Um, it's preseason, you know, that he'll get his, he will get, get his feet under him, especially when he plays more consistent minutes, plays with, you know, more consistent playing groups. Um, but I, I think, I think Suggs will ultimately be fine. I think it may take a while but he may be fine. He just needs to get comfortable playing in the NBA game and comfortable uh, with, with the opportunities that he has and with where his shots are going to come from. That's, that's not easy for any young player. Franz Wagner also really struggled. Four and a half points per game, one and a half rebounds per game, shot 34.8% effective field goal percentage. I think Wagner will be fine. His defense is really good. Um. Again, I, I I agree with Coach Mosley. A lot of what Wagner does, a lot of what he's really good at, doesn't show up in the box score. Doesn't show up um, in, in counting stats. He's really good at cutting off the ball. He's really good at just being in the right spots defensively, being able to, to shoot in the passing lanes, and you'll get that timing down, I think, really well. You can see the power that his length can have and the power that his versatility can have. Offensively, I think he suffered the most from... Uh, suffered the most from, from the, uh, lineup experimenting that was going on. Uh, he was moving bouncing from the three to the four a lot, which is going to be normal. But, um, I I felt like he, I felt like he, uh, you know, just didn't feel comfortable. Didn't know where shots were coming from. Didn't know where he was supposed to be. So I think with him, it might be better to kind of narrow his role just a little bit. Um, and let him get comfortable again. Both these guys just need to get comfortable. I did think Wagner got better as the preseason went on. I thought Wednesday was his best game by far. He was a little bit more assertive. Um, he was more confident with where his shots were coming from. I think it, I think he looks more confident at the three than at the four personally, but um, I, I think fog, I think again, I think both players will be fine. Fogger probably has a few more questions to answer than, than Suggs does, but I think both will be fine. I think both are just trying to get used to the NBA game. And I think the magic are trying to ease them in really, really slowly into, into that game as well. So, Plenty, plenty, plenty to get to. We'll talk a little bit more about what we saw from the Orlando Magic's offense coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free, Theragun can help. Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It goes to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out, and the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional te- sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George uh, and DeAndre Hopkins. Let me pull up my copy here. Uh, try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Again, that's therabody.com slash locked on. therabody.com slash locked on. Today's podcast also brought to you by my pals at Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's literally something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're passionate about their favorites, and I certainly am too. Whether it's a fruity flavor like raspberry or a savory flavor like cookies and cream, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box too, where you get two of each of the nine regularly available flavors. Plus, there's special flavors available. I think they saw I saw Rocky Road out a little bit earlier this week. I know the churro puffs are back. Um, there are some fantastic, fantastic fun flavors that you can get from, from Built Bar. And the best part is they taste exactly like what they say on the box, and they're relatively healthy for you. Check this out. Built Bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Bilt Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so all the gold medals at the Tokyo Olympics were powered by Built Bar. Go to built.com and use promo code lock15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code lock15 for 15% off at built.com. So we'll talk about the offense here in a little bit, but the best part about being on YouTube. As I get comments, and I I want to bring that interaction to the show, I'm going to start recording probably in the mornings. I'll put a link out on my Twitter at underscore MD when I'm recording, and you can join the show live. We'll be doing some specific live shows throughout the course of the year as well that I do want to give people the chance to interact. And so we did get a couple questions here. Um, Louis Medina asked, any ideas what the starting lineup would be? What would be your ideal lineup? There's obviously two different lineups here to talk about. Um, There's the opening night lineup, and then there's the ideal kind of fully healthy starting lineup. I think right now, my uh, fully healthy starting lineup is probably Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, uh, Jonathan Isaac, and Wendell Carter. You can convince me to go another direction with that to go maybe Jalen Suggs, um, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, Chuma Okiki, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter, or, you know, again, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, um, uh, Jonathan Isaac. Wendell Carter, Mobamba I think what's been really exciting about what the Magic have done this preseason is, is it really looks like that they have different options. They have different places. Um, they have different. They have different places that they can go and different things that they can do. My opening night starting lineup is going to be pretty different, though. Uh, I think on opening night the Magic are going to go Jalen Suggs, Gary uh, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris. Um, I think they will start Franz Wagner, and then I think they're actually going to start Wendell Carter and Mobamba together. Um, I think that there was a lot of success. In that lineup uh, during the course of the preseason, um, I think that experiment really, really worked. I think San Antonio is a good opponent to test it out on as well. Um, I think those are right now the Magic's five best players. So unless chumokiki's Kiki's ready to go and can fill in at the three, um, I think that the Magic are going to go with that lineup. I think they'll go Suggs, Harris, Wagner, uh, Suggs, Harris, Wagner, Carter, Bamba as, as their opening night starting lineup. That's that's kind of where I, that's where that's where I'm at right now. I think those are the five best players on the team right now. Um, you know, obviously, obviously, I think you flip out Terrence Ross for for Franz Wagner in in crunch time. Um, I do think Gary Harris is going to play a really really important role. I think that the Magic could give him all the opportunity to get himself right to be part of this team and be a, a critical factor. I think the Magic do want to make sure they have at least one veteran in that starting lineup, and that's why I'm pretty dead set on Gary Harris starting. I, I thought Gary Harris also had a really good preseason. Um, I know the numbers weren't fantastic, um, but I think he he was moving really really well. I I, I was really really pleased with what I saw. From Gary Harrison, I think that he fits uh, the, the defense, the defensive attitude the Magic are looking for. So thanks very much, Lewis, for the question. Um, we appreciate that as well. But right now, let's talk a little bit about what we saw from the Magic's offense. Um, the Magic obviously not an offensive team. This is gonna be a defensive team. This is gonna be a team focused on their defense and really, really kind of controlling the controlling the pace of games defensively. That we saw hints of who the magic want to be offensively, you know, pace space the pass. Whatever that means, we got closer to a definition here in the preseason. The Magic do want to get the ball up the floor quickly. Um, Jamal Mosley often calls it his tw- calls it twenty one offense. He wants the ball over half court within three seconds of the shot clock in the Magic to get into their sets. Um, he wants them to to cut hard, to play fast in, in that sense. Um, but you know, he, he wants them to kind of work through their sets. And 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 one of the big issues that the Magic have right now is what to do when sets break down. When you get through the play and you don't have a shot, where do you go from there? What do you do from there? And and I think that's obviously a huge problem. And the Magic don't have kind of individual creators right now, so that's a a place where they're going to really struggle. That's a place where they struggled under Steve Clifford as well. The Magic have some concerning signs here um, in in the preseason, but it's also some very encouraging signs. Um, The Magic actually are last in pace in the NBA in the preseason. Pace is going to bump up when the, when the preseason ends. There's, there's obviously some noise in those numbers, but the Magic averaged 98.6 possessions per 48 minutes here in the preseason. That is not a pace offense. That is not a fast paced offense. I think the Magic do need to do a better job getting out in transition. Um, they, need, they need their defense to create their offense. So th- I, they need to pick up that pace. They need to pick up that number just a little bit. Um, but the Magic really, really struggled to kind of create high pace games. Now, it should be noted, that there's a lot of noise in that number. Um, most of the players on the floor when the Magic played at their slowest pace were those end-of-the-bench players. Among the starters and rotation players, so there's about eight players that I, that I picked out, um, the Magic's pace ranged from 96.9, which was Wendell Carter, to 104, which was RJ Hampton. Median pace was about 100.3 possessions for 48 minutes among the eight projected rotation players. Essentially what this means is the Magic are going to, are not going to be a fast paced team in terms of the number of possessions. They're probably gonna be a fast paced teams in terms of how they want to execute their possessions. So again, it's, I, I, we talk about this all the time. Whenever I bring up pace coaches, when they say pace often do not mean, do not mean, um, they're not talking about the number of possessions a team has in the game. They're often talking about, uh, how quickly players get into their offense how quickly they execute their offense and just kind of the the pace at which they play, not the number of possessions. So again, that, that can be a little bit confusing here. The good, good news is the Atlanta magic were surprisingly a solid three point shooting team. Now, again, it's four games. It's a very small sample, but the magic made 36.6% of their three pointers. And, and and that number was hovering around 38% before Wednesday's game when they struggled. Um, But they're in the top 10 in the preseason for three point field goal percentage. again, they're shooting about 33 attempts per game. Um, preseason numbers get really, really weird with three-point shooting. Like the Warriors are shooting, I think, 53s right now. So those numbers are going to shift and change. Um, but if Magic can shoot, you know, around 33s a game, maybe a little bit more than 33s a game, and make 36% of them, that's going to turn them into a really interesting and dangerous three-point shooting team. And maybe it won't be their primary weapon, but teams are going to have to respect that three-point shot if they're making them at that clip. Remember last year, the Magic were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. Um, they were, I think, the second worst three-point shooting team in the league. Um, and so just being able to be even semi-efficient from beyond the arc is a huge game changer. But I think the fact of the matter is we, we still don't have a good handle on how the Magic are going to play defense this year. Or how the Magic are going to play offense this year. Um, I think that a lot of it's still to be installed. I think there's a lot more freelance sets. Um, you know, a lot more kind of here's a, here's a structure, a basic structure. Um, to, to run some stuff, some basic actions to get into but you know we want the point guard, we want the ball handler, we want whoever's on the ball to make decisions on how to how to run and how to how to operate next um The magic offense I think is still very much a work in progress. I think it's still very far behind where the defense at is at in terms of its principles and in terms of what it's trying to do. And so I, I think that I think that we haven't seen this magic offense fully unleashed, but I think we all understand, the offense is going to struggle, especially in the half court. I think their half court offense during the preseason was especially pretty terrible. Um, that's that. Those are my big preseason takeaways. Um, you know, again, it's preseason. I, I, you don't want to read too heavily or too deeply into things, but I think we saw a lot of really good things in the preseason. I mean, I think I, I think we saw a defensive style that's going to be interesting um, and energetic. I think that we saw an offense that will have its issues, will have its problems, but um, is very very clearly something that that is interesting it can work with some 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 interesting signs that we just have to see if it's real and again that's the big thing right now is we have to see if any of this is real because it's it's the preseason and you know we learn a little bit um but we don't learn everything from the preseason I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts, that you're tuning in to Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at Philip R -R underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can find us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic your first listen every day or part of your regular podcast rotation. We'll be back Monday. We'll probably do some more player outlooks. Um, Got to catch up on some of those. Um, talk a little bit about what we saw from practice over the weekend as the Orlando Magic get ready to play their first game against the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday. Now, go make your second listen locked on fantasy basketball. We talked a little bit about fantasy basketball earlier. Get ready for your leagues with Josh Lloyd. He hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms. That's gonna do it for me today. Though I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. I'm see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On. Hey, Prime members.